Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. So as uh, Lennon and McCartney sang, will you still love us when we're 64? Adam, will you love me when I'm 64? Uh, Well, that remains to be seen. Oh, Dan? I'm quite sure that one of us will have died of shenanigans by then. Oh, I would would put a wager on it being more than 50%. Yeah. But anyway, the podcast is 64 episodes old, and what does that say about us? Well, it says in just over a month we're going to have um, the fun of episode 69, which is uh-huh. the sexiest number, and also the funniest number. Yeah. Because it is a um, very average sex position. Is it the funniest number? Um, I'm struggling to think of a funnier one. I think there's funnier numbers, isn't there? Because they have those math t-shirts where they say who ate all the pies or I ate all the pies, but using clever math numbers. Yeah, I think uh, 2.30 is a funny time, but it's not really a funny number as such because you wouldn't say 230 Mm. is the time that you're going to the Chinese dentist because it's inaccurate and also spoils the joke. I suppose that's probably a racist joke now as well, isn't it? Mm. Well, we'll, it's, we'll, no, it works in any accent, so I don't think... Cause it's, it's saying them them Chinas uh, talk funny and you can't understand what they're saying, um, which is not really true these days, is it? Chinese people uh, speak very well, and also not all of them are dentists. Mm. So anyone who tells that joke and laughs, shame. shame well, you should the... really be laughing at your own jokes. No, well, yes, that is true. What was the um, offensive joke about Muslims that we saw up on the wall in a pub toilet once? Oh, uh, it was very offensive, um, and we had to leave. We were so upset by it. I don't think I can repeat it. Yeah, it was... Me and Chris went out in... um, It was in the fun pub, wasn't it? We went to the fun pub in Bridport. There's only one pub that's allowed to be fun at any any one time. Um, And up on the toilet wall, there was a a joke which I seem to remember the... It started uh, off and you thought this is is sort of quite hard-hitting political commentary about about prejudice and stereotype. And then the punchline is... I can't remember it well enough, but the the punchline was that Muslims are dirty and smelly, I think. Mm. It was the dirty and smelly part that he thought, no, that's uh, that's unpleasant. Yeah. But I can't remember well enough what it was, and I'm not Googling it. I'm not even sure it was the fun pub. Was it not even the fun pub? No, I think I think we can uh, accuse the fun pub of Well, that. what kind of... The only it's not kind a fun of pub. pub anymore. Do, do you know this? No. Uh, standards got involved, and um, <laughs> they said this is, not, this is not a fun place to be. Um... People at least need a sit-down toilet in the gents for them to have any fun at all. I mean, that is that is an absolutely reasonable stance mm. to take. I, I I think. Yeah. I I can't have fun knowing that I can't reasonably go for a sit-down toilet visit. My um, my barber, I think, is possibly the opposite of that horrible joke. In that, I think he's a bit like Russell Howard on Mock the Week. That. You think he's going to make a horrible joke, he, and actually he not, just not twists it around at the end. He just says Lego, and that's a punchline. No, I um, I sort of think that he's kind of provoking thought and challenging people's ideas, the general population that go into his shop. Oh, are there two Russell Howards? Mm. So he's being ironically racist. No, he... Um, well, I was very uncomfortable. He'd started cutting my hair, and I thought, am I going to have to leave in disgust? Um, he said he was going to buy um, a flat, and he said it would be good. He could put bunk beds in, and then he could fit ten Pakistanis in there. And I sort of thought, oh, I don't like this. I think I'm going to have to leave with just one side of my head uh, hair cut short. Mm. Um, and then... And then someone else said something about, oh, who would he rent it to? Um, and he went through a few Eastern European countries. Um, and he said, um, oh, no, I, I'd rent it to anyone. Everyone's money's the same, isn't it? And he sort of thought, oh. So he was actually being progressive, but yeah. just saying it in a, in a racist way. 
Yeah. Maybe um, you could have gone out with your hair half cut, and that could like be a badge of honour in the town. If you saw somebody else with their head head half, with their hair cut half done, you would think, ah, there's somebody who has principles. We all yeah. be friends. Or just a local nutter. Yeah. But I Either think, way, good um, fun to hang around with. I think he has a way of speaking that kind of draws out people's prejudices, and then he sort of challenges them. I see. But then would somebody who was racist pick up on that? Would it be too subtle, or would he fall into the Al Murray trap? Oh, I don't know. That's That's always the worry, isn't it? Especially with barbers, because, I mean... A lot of very stupid people have their hair cut. I mean, all of them, in fact, generally. <laughs> the thing I find strange when I have my hair cut is that there are people that go in there and they're waiting to have their hair cut. And I think, oh, are you as part of a group and you are have had your hair cut already? And when your friend has finished, you're going to go. And then they have their hair cut even more. Oh. And think, what? And then they might say, see you next week at the end. Oh, that's insane, isn't it? As though they have their hair cut every week. Now that is a decadent lifestyle. Yeah. Imagine having the money to be able to do that. Imagine wanting to. I mean, I, I get my hair cuts. It's honestly a terrifying opportunity for social interaction with people I don't know or oh, yeah, suddenly have horrible, a conversation. Why would I want to do this? Yeah, what doesn't help is that the hairdressers where I go are very pretty ladies and I don't want to talk to pretty ladies. I don't have to do it anymore because I'm married and I have a pretty lady at home to talk to before I dig a hole there. Um, Get safe. So I don't want to have to talk, interact with a, an attractive woman. That's not that's not what I signed up for. Well, I, I did speak to someone about this um, because I have my hair cut at the cheap barbers and uh, you end up with sort of a, an old fat man standing very close to you and he said no he would pay to go where there were attractive ladies cutting hair and he said it's it's almost like a very cheap lap dance and <laughs> i mean oh okay that's an interesting they, way to think about it where well, where i used to have my hair cut the lady there had very large breasts and they would sort of press against you a lot of the time so it was yeah i can definitely relate to that hmm it's just an um, different way to go. Yeah. So anyway, I've not had my hair cut this week, but I have had... You know, every now and then you'll have a dream where you are in an exam or something that you haven't studied for and you, you just think, oh, I've, I, I can't cope, I'm in a wrong situation. Yeah. yeah. I, I've sort of had that a few times this week with the concept of being a grown-up, where... I've just realised, oh, I'm a grown-up now, which happens every now and then, and I normally manage to power through it, but I've had it a lot this week. Yeah. Because, for starters, today me and my boss went to look at new offices that we're going to move into, and I realised that I've got like a proper job where I have to make important decisions and stuff, so that was a bit of a worry. Mm. Um, on Tuesday, my boy child turned one year old, and the girl child started school for the first time. But what was he, what was hit me even more this week was uh, we had a presentation at work about our new company pension scheme from what I can only describe as a little boy, <laughs> and he he was telling us and he was giving us financial advice and he is a partner in this financial advice firm. So not only did I have the this this child um, giving me advice on stuff, but which made me f think I'm I'm. A, it made me realise that he was young, but then what made me feel realise I was old was that he is, despite being a little boy, he's a partner in a in a company. So I had a, a double whammy on that one. Mm. That does suck. I mean, I get that occasionally, um, but it hasn't happened to me in a while. Everyone looks old. Because I just I get this thing every now and then that. You, I'm still of the mindset that grown-ups know what's going on, they've got it all figured out, everything's fine, leave it to the grown-ups. Yeah. And then every now and then there's this realisation that I am one of the grown-ups and I haven't got a fucking clue. Yeah. And it's uh, terrifying. Luckily it, it passes quite quickly and I start I, I messing like around I like to again. believe that nobody has a clue and that everyone else is winging it as much as I am because well, again, the alternative is horrifying. Yeah, again, it's, it's a two-pronged thing because it, you, you suddenly realise... I'm one of the grown-ups, and I haven't got it all figured out, and I should have by now, and that's frightening. 
But then it's even more frightening to realise, oh, it's okay, nobody has got it figured out. And then you think, well, how the fuck does anything ever work? Well, it doesn't, does it? Well, yeah, exactly, and that's what we're starting to realise. 2016 has taught us that much. It is terrifying. So has anybody else had an existentially horrifying week? Um, I mean, we've got a work experience lad at work. That's that's kind of depressing. Oh, that's He's not doing good, his GCSEs. Oh, yeah. Well, we I found out that uh, the youngest guy in our office the other day, I worked out that he was seven when 9-11 happened. Seven. That's oh, ridiculous. That is not acceptable, is it? No. And he's like a fully grown human man with a job and money and a car. No, this is, it, it's, it's. Can we can we change the subject? I, I, this is this is very depressing. Yeah. Okay. So on the subject of something depressing, uh, Viking Direct have caught up with you again, Adam. Uh, yes, I I moved house just over three years ago, or just under three years ago, um, and I thought I'd escaped because. In the last three years, I've not had a single Viking Direct catalogue through the door. And then on Monday, fucking Viking Direct catalogue turns up in my letterbox. Somehow, the fuckers have tracked me down. And I now need an exit strategy that doesn't involve having to buy a new house. Well, what's weird is I had precisely the same scenario happen to me on Monday. I hadn't had any communication from Viking Direct for years, and then they caught me as well. So something is going on. It might have been, maybe they've been like driving around in their detective vans. Oh, like trying to detect if anyone's. Ha- well, they'd just go through people's recycling bins, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. Because that's yeah, that's, that's where they instantly go. Um, and yeah, so they they must have made a big push to recapture some of their lost market. Mm. Um, well, I mean, market they have any is. Um, I mean, I assume that like some people must buy something just to get like the free pens with your logo on. I um I am not familiar with this company, and I can only well, assume that they basically sell Viking related products. Sadly, not. That would be a lot more interesting. It would. Oh, be. I, would I would like a longbow, and um, you don't run your own company, which means they they're not interested in you. Um, but as soon as you have your own company, they um they start sending you Viking Direct catalogues. Ah, well, yeah, the one we had was actually addressed to Gemma, so that would make more sense as to why. Yeah, they they basically, basically, as soon as you register a company, um, like before the company's house documentation arrives confirming the registration of your company, you will get a Viking Direct catalogue, and they will try and sell you all kinds of wank uh, to help you with your business, like uh, a really shit chair or some pens with your company logo on, or maybe like some notepads or something. That's basically it. I do like to flick uh, through those catalogues while I'm doing a poo sometimes, though. Well, not so much these days because smartphones in it. But in the olden days, I'd uh, I'd take a, a Staples catalog or something like that and just have a flick through. It wasn't as good as the what? Oh, what was it called? The um, basically the shit ideas that nobody Innovation wanted made in the products. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were great, that weren't great, they? Yeah, it's all this stuff, and you thought. Some people must buy this, and it doesn't fucking work, and they're really disappointed. Mm. But I just get to look at it and go, that seems like a great idea that will never work. And definitely Yeah, but I really, I really want one, but I'm definitely not paying. Yeah, yeah like um, a sonic insect repeller in, for the garden. Well, that's a great idea. Probably. I don't know. It's not really. But it would be a fun thing to own, wouldn't it? I'd like to be a product tester for innovations. Yeah, I mean, that's assuming they have product testers. Well, I can't. I assume they don't exist anymore because I haven't had an innovations catalog in years either. No, Viking Direct has swallowed up that market, haven't they? So, uh, what what can we do about Viking Direct? I mean, the obvious thing to do is have you declared legally dead? Yeah, the problem is that has other knock on effects. Mm, not for me. True, but it won't stop you from getting the Viking Direct catalogs. Nope, that's true. I'll have to have my wife declared legally dead, which may have some advantages. Yes. More so than actually killing her. Well, definitely. Because, yeah. But if she was just declared legally dead, I mean, probably a chunk of the mortgage you get paid. Mm. Um, can't really see any downsides have to that. You, so. Have you insured her for vast amounts of money? Well, no, but I will do that the day before I um, have her declared dead, obviously, because otherwise people might start to get suspicious. I'm, I'm thinking I'd prefer something that was less of an impact on me and more of an impact on them. Ah, uh, okay. We could have Viking Direct legally uh, declared dead. That would be good. Okay, right. Dan, uh, you're our legal department. Could you drop the paperwork, please? 
I will take that as a yes. Thank you. Excellent. So since Dan has um, fallen off a, out of the window or something, uh, Chris, you have done your homework. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've been thinking about puns. And there are two kinds of puns. There are ones that are good because they sound like something. And there are other puns that are good because they uh, they look words look similar or letters look similar. And Arguably not suited to an audio medium. No, no. And then unfortunately, I've come up with a, a sort of a third kind of pun where a whole sentence has two meanings. Oh, and okay. So I was thinking um, about this discussion the naked swimmer had with the fisherman about who should be in the lake and who shouldn't be. So on my, um, it's probably be page four or five of my newspaper, there would be the angry fisherman at the bank shouting and the angry naked swimmer shouting and they're shouting at each other, but they just have one big speech bubble. Can you visualise this? Yep. Um, so they're both shouting the same yeah. thing. They're both shouting the same thing, which is... Get your tackle out the water. Okay, the listeners will have heard that because right. of the way the internet works, but we didn't get a word of it. So could you repeat it for the reaction, please? Get your tackle out of the water. Oh, that's clever. Because yeah, fishing is a tackle, but also a cock and balls is tackle. Yeah, yeah I was pleased with that ah. one. Yeah, so you yeah, so you, you came up with the cartoon for it as well. That's, that's I mean, going well, the extra mile, really. the cartoon be? Sorry? Are we talking like political cartoon style or like comic strip style or Oh I think I think how, it would be the, yeah, the sort of it? newspaper political style cartoon, wouldn't it? Like a Giles or Yeah. yeah. It, no, it's not Giles, is it? Matt, that's him. Yeah. And I think the, the fisherman would have to wear a hat that said, I am a naked fisherman because those cartoonists can never yeah. draw very well. And like Well I don't I don't think the fisherman was naked. No, the swimmer was. Oh sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, you would just have, he could be doing backstroke with his, um, you could see his knob. Mm. Like, mm. pixelated out. I suppose that um, way. No, you don't though. need to pixelate cart- cartoons. That's true. Okay, well, um, did anyone else do their homework? Because I forgot no, that I it existed. Forgot. Yeah, fair enough. So, Chris so, wins. Uh, Chris, so you win. And on a kind of related subject, um, the results from the, your test that you had for your. Um, European podcast driving license okay, that you did last week has come through. Yeah. And I've got the envelope in front of me. Ooh. And it's, uh, it's, it's got the wax seal of the uh, Podcasting Council of Great Britain. Yeah. I, I say wax. It's sort of, I mean, it's sticky. I, I, I'm not going to question what it is. Uh, and it says, Dear Christopher from Dorset... We regret to inform you, oh, it's not a good start, oh, is it, no. that you are now an official member of the Two Star Podcast team and that the website and description thing will now be updated to say it's just four blokes talking about stuff. Well, it's very exciting, isn't it? So, do you have an acceptance speech you'd like to, uh, you'd like to make? Uh, no, I don't. And will you Good. be using some of the uh, newfound income that will inevitably come your way in the form of sponsorship deals and other marketing agreements uh, to improve your shitty internet connection so we can actually hear you when you're talking? Uh, I don't know how to do that. Um, I do know that there was another um, BT van in the street this week and he came with friends and they dug up a bit, big bit of the road. So that might mean better internet. Well, it's okay. not happened yet, I mean, but we, yeah. we can but hope. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Maybe. Well, enjoy um, the sweet, sweet poontang that this honour will bestow upon you. Yeah. But, you know, you know, now this means that um, up to now I've been on my best behaviour. Yeah. So now I've got tenure, I'm just going to go crazy. Well, no, whoa, whoa, don't get too excited. No, I mean, even, even Adam period. hasn't got tenure yet. No, tenure is very hard to get. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Dan's been trying for a long time. He will never get it. He's on I mean, a blacklist. Trying grossly overstates the amount of effort. Well, yes, that's, that's years, but. So anyway, we're now a four-man podcast, which um, is, I mean, makes literally no difference. Yeah. Uh, it just means that the yeah, episodes are going to be a little bit longer, much to the uh, dismay of everyone listening. Mm. Well, uh, well, I mean, there's very few people listening, so... Yeah, I mean, you have um, yeah. sort of cut down our 
met our listenership by one, which is a worry. A lot. And we, we can't really afford to be employing every single listener. No. And we're but, not far off it. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're well on our way. So, uh, anyway, the other listeners will just have to up their game because there's a Christopher from Dorset shaped hole, and that is a weird shape. Did you just say Christopher from Dorset? I yeah. certainly did. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. A cutting a cutting commentary on the uh, the southwest of England. Mm. Yeah, I would like you to let everybody in Dorset know that that's what I called it before I come down in a few weeks. I get you and a shirt. Then I'll go. Out. Yeah, and what? I literally get attacked by the fish. Good. So Dan, uh, a big club in London has closed down because of drugs. Yes. So um, it was called Fiber, I believe. Fabric. Same thing? Yes, broadly speaking. Um, and so everyone's very obsessed about this because they believe, because their club heads are probably drunk or high, um, that it was all down to a property developer who thought it was driving down house prices. Um, and they were kind of saying, well, it's clearly not that much of a problem because only two people died there in the past few months. Well, that's, I mean, that's reasonable. I know, and I'm, I'm sort of... I, I feel like I should pretend to be cool and give a shit, but... I'm really, I mean, when you put it in perspective like that, two people dying is not very much because lots of people die in hospital every month, and yeah. they don't demand hospitals are closed down, do they? Precisely. I mean, so- and there's shitloads of drugs in hospitals. Yeah. So yeah. really, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't give a shit about that either. Anyone? No, no. Oh, I've never been no. to the Great. club or knew anything about it until I'd seen the report about no, it. Okay, the feed is alive with it for reasons. So, so we, we've got a few things that nobody cares about. Should we rattle through them? Um, Apple have just announced the iPhone 7. Anyone care? No. Uh, it, uh, the iPhone 7 now uh, comes without a headphone socket. Yeah, so that's why it can go fuck itself. So you can't listen to wired headphones while charging your phone. No, you which is uh, quite get a useful a feature. AirPods... Which you will lose. Which are wireless headphones that only last five hours if you're using them and 24 hours if you're not using them um, and cost $160. Holy shit. Correct. Brilliant. So uh, well done to the Apples. Yeah, It does come with a lightning to three and a half mil jack adapter. So you can still use your old headphones if you as want as you a massive want fucking great adapter hanging out the bottom of your iPhone, don't want to charge it and want to probably snap off the adapter in your pocket. And who doesn't? Well, exactly. So that's that's the apples. They're they're doing things with phones. And uh, Sony are also doing announcements. Yes, they have just announced their PlayStation Four Pro. Oh, for goodness' sakes! Which hey, does like it's 4K. a games console, right? Yes. For playing on. Yes. Why would you need a Pro version? Well, it, you're not, not going to have like an enterprise PlayStation, are you? Well, it does. <laughs> it, it, like, I don't think it's supposed to be for the uh, the the uh, professional gamers. Um, like I don't know. Both. Anyway, but they, but they they've got a PlayStation for professional gamers, and it's called a computer. Yes, yeah. but this is for people who don't want a computer, but still want to like so enthusiastic amateurs. They still want to show off their like larger digital penis than the people who've just got a regular PlayStation. Mm. Uh, so this one does uh, 4K display and HDR. Oh, magic. Um, and I mean, it looks very pretty, but I don't know how much it's going to be or when it'll be out or what it'll do. Okay, well, I think that's all the stuff that no one cares about. Uh, but something that we very much do care about is uh, the demon uh, entity known as Mr. Bruce Forsyth. Now, I don't think he's killed again this week, has he? Well, Gene Wilder was last week. Gene Wilder, he was, yeah, he's not really within Bruce's remit, is he? He wasn't a British entertainer, yeah. so I think we'll let him off that one. But um, there was an interview what I done saw in, I'm afraid, The Express, so apologies for that. Yeah, um, oh, Jesus, I mean... Yeah, sorry, um, but I read it through a proxy, so I don't think they know I was looking. Uh and the 88-year-old star has been recovering from a major operation, but he has his sights set on this year's Strictly Come Dancing Christmas and charity specials. So what this says to me is that he's got a big one planned. And yeah. somebody, like, somebody, maybe Judy Dench or somebody of that level, I think, is uh, is next in his sights. Well, I mean, we won't know for sure until they announce the Strictly Christmas special celebrity guest list. 
Well, I didn't mean a guest list. I oh, mean, you mean you mean not who well, he's going to kill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you meant he was going to use that strictly Christmas special as a venue for his, to get it. Oh, I see. Bit. To do the murder? No, well, no. He's he's going to need to. He's going to need a big soul to um, to get the strength together to host it. But yeah, I think while he's there, maybe that's the start of the end game. Mm. But I think he's he's going to have to take down a, a big soul. Um, sort of October, November time. So um, maybe Helen Mirren. Oh, I uh, I thought you decided uh, not to do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, we decide a lot of things. Because it's, it's uh, risky, isn't it? We're it's... not going to do it just when we run out of other stuff. Mm. Right. This, this at least, you know, this at least moves the narrative on slightly. And we've got to keep up for the entire year at least. Right, okay. But what if, but if it's what if, if it's just died? mentioned that someone died and well then we've won? Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to feel we've bit, we've bit bad him. that week. Uh, no, I'm not. Right. Okay. No, I'm going to declare it a, a grand victory. Right. For demon hunters. Okay. It's probably a good thing that we're the only four people that listen to this. Then. Sorry. It's probably a good thing that we're the only four people that listen to this. Well, it might be. Yeah, for, for so, legal reasons. Uh, yeah, before you get on your high horse, I believe you did a hate crime. Yeah, but only by accident. Well, so um, I saw a car I didn't recognise reversing onto my driveway, and <laughs> it was the same day as my father-in-law was having his car serviced. So he was going to have a uh, uh, complimentary hire car, or possibly, um, and a man got out that looked like my father-in-law. I spied from the window. So so you burnt a crucifix. Well, so I went to the door and I shouted, get that bloody thing off my driveway in quite an aggressive way. Um, <laughs> and then the man turned around and it wasn't my father-in-law. It was a Hermes delivery man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So then I had to say, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I thought you were someone I knew. <laughs> So uh, it was all fine. No one, no one punched me. But uh, yeah, perhaps they should. I don't know. That's a hate crime necessarily. Well, it was quite, it? it was quite, quite mean. What I said. I mean, yeah, you just shouted. I mean, you didn't call him any offensive names or, or anything. Like try and set fire to his car, or and he was in the wrong. Post a shit through his letterbox. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. concern is that, um, in a similar way to how you can't go to hotels anymore because you smear shit all around, that um, I'll be blacklisted from Hermes deliveries. So you know, I think maybe my Hermes is going to start doing poos through your letterbox. Mm. Well, who knows? Who knows what kind of mm. systems they have for abusive customers? Oh, to be fair, I don't think that, that would be an improvement on their general oh, yeah. service, wouldn't it? At least they've delivered a poo on time. Yeah, not and, just and leave a message saying we tried rather than like yeah. leaving it in your shed. Yeah, we we tried to put a poo through your letterbox, but it wouldn't fit, so we've left it with a neighbour. <laughs> that would be unpleasant, wouldn't it? It really would. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the probably one of the most disappointing hate crimes I've ever heard of. Yeah, but, that's that's pretty shit, Chris. Yeah, I'll try and so, do more hateful crime by accident in the next week. I mean, don't don't feel it has to be by accident. If you need to go all out, then uh, we'll you know we're we're very forgiving of Dan for some of the stuff that he's done. So. Well, for for legal reasons, um, I will build in uh, an element of plausible deniability. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever does it for you. Yeah. So, UB uh, forty have inexplicably backed Jeremy Corbyn for Labour. Well, some of UB forty, yeah, yeah have. half of them, some. Some said we want nothing to do with him. So is that sort of like UB20? Or I, well, I guess it must be, yeah. Well, no, apparently they both call them, both splinter groups call themselves UB40. Oh, is this another Bucks Fizz incident? It, it genuinely is. Including it, someone on Twitter then asking the half of Bucks Fizz what they thought of the whole business. So, well, one of them must be something like somebody from UB40, and then the other one must just be UB40. Must have been some legal wrangling around the the actual name. I mean, I think I think possibly we're we're losing sight of the bigger picture here. Mm. Which um, is why the fuck did he think UB40 was relevant to anybody? Well, this is the thing. What what I quite enjoyed were all of the um, people who uh, were obviously like hardcore Corbyn supporters who were trying to 
explain to people why this was so groundbreaking um, it, and how UB40 were like the people who like weren't with it in the on, on the the you know the left of of the Labour Party um, just didn't get how important UB40 were and, mm. and how critical their endorsement is to to Jeremy Corbyn. And it was almost as if he's trolling the Corbynistas now, isn't yeah, it? I'm not really sure. Like after the whole train thing and now this UB40 thing. Saying, go on then, defend this. It's like some like elaborate stunt, and he doesn't actually want to be Labour leader at all. He's just yeah. people along well, for as long as possible. I guess it's it's all going to escalate, and eventually he's going to end up killing a black man. Well, no, he's won. So he's he's literally decided that you know I've beaten Owen Smith. We, we know it's going to happen. Um, fuck it, I'm going to just pretend I'm campaigning and go and meet my favourite bands. Because the press conference yeah. was literally just him asking UB40 questions about what they did and stuff. But UB40 isn't anyone's favourite band. Not even Jeremy Corbyn. Well, I don't know. They're not, even, they're not in anyone's top ten. Does anyone no, know what favourite band is? I don't know, but certainly not UB40. I, uh, I tried to come up with a funny UB40 Labour pun, but I realised I don't know any UB40 songs, and nor do I want to Google it. Red Red Wine. Red, red, well, that, well, that's just that one is already. Yes, you don't even need to put any apparently, work in. Apparently, according again, to um, a, an important uh, like thing, apparently his uh, favourite uh, band is uh, the Animals. Well, so how the fuck does UB40 fit in with that? Um, and his favourite song is "Imagine" by John Lennon. Oh, I imagine he had a certain amount of. Um... As bad as David Cameron pretending he liked the Smiths, his favourite song is not "Imagine." Ugh. Mm. I well, think it might be. I don't know. I think I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, it's quite a. That, um, and that's what we're dealing with. It's quite a uh, atheist Republican song, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a very uh, idealist yeah, song, isn't it? Well, yeah, no, fair enough. It might be actually. Yeah. Well, I, I assume that he had the same sort of uh, problem with Brexit Live. Of he went through a long list of bands that did have some kind of credibility trying to get them to endorse him and they all said no we we don't want to be associated with this this mess we're we're not going to be endorsing anyone related to labor i did enjoy the uh daily mesh uh daily mash headline that uh cradle of filth came out in support of owen smith (laughs) (laughs) i mean that at least would give him a little more credibility um Mm. yes yeah it's it's very weird um and it kind of, it's one of those things where, I don't know if you saw, but there was a, a thing, an image that was going around afterwards about um, uh, Owen Smith's endorsement um, from someone, I can't remember who, some other band, uh, like 70s. Ace of Bass. Something like that. And um, it just kind of, just to kind of indicate how utterly fucking mental politics is in 2016, there were a lot of people who were genuinely questioning whether it was real or not. Um, mm. And it was like, yeah, we, we're kind of in that situation where it is actually entirely plausible. I, I cannot tell what is satire anymore in, in any kind of politics. It is just, it's beyond, it, it, it's insane. I'd like to know who uh, Daphne and Celeste favour for Labour leader. Yeah, I mean, that would be useful. Because mm. I haven't heard much from them in this election cycle. Not enough. Still alive. Um, I don't see why not. Mm. I mean, I'd assume we'd have heard if they weren't. Yeah, you that would be pretty big news, wouldn't it? Um, right, so we're going on a bit. Let's, uh, let's rattle through this because I want to go and watch TV. Uh where are we? Oh yes, our super fan has sent us a link um, about an alarm clock dildo. I haven't yeah, so clicked on this yet, and I'm not entirely sure that I want to. But you know. I had a look at it. I was, I kind of need something uh, that for com- scale comparison. You need bananas for scale. It looked well, yeah. It looks just kind of uh, as a at a, a, a bit unwieldy. It looks. Like, I mean, it looks like a cooking implement. Yes. Yeah. Sort of. It looks like. No, actually, you know, tell you what, it looks like a, a, a windscreen scraper. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, which is it's multifunction, so that's yeah, well, possibly. Really um, but I'm I'm kind of curious as to how comfortable it would actually be to sleep. I don't think that. you put. I think you put the other end. No, in. no, I know that. Like, oh, I see what you mean. I right. Mean, Sorry. Obviously, yes, obviously, that, my, that. my my knowledge is is somewhat limited, but I I mm. have a general awareness of, of the mechanics of the situation. Um, mm. And yes, I, I worked that bit out, but 
that kind of raises other questions about how that would be particularly comfortable. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to I mean, it's called the little rooster. I don't know if that helps. Well, I'm assuming it's like because it wakes you up, but Mm. probably didn't want to just... But then I think it would be a bit on the nose if they actually said cock. Well, I think they might as well do it. I mean, the thing is, to look at it, you wouldn't know that that was any kind of sex implement. Well, I mean, not clean out the box, but after a few weeks... after it's been used. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, so, I mean, well, I would explain what it is and does, but I think it's fairly self-explanatory. You set a time and then the vibrator comes on at a certain time. And I don't think that's going to help you get out of bed on time, is it? It seems... Seems a bit counterproductive. No, to me. it also it's incredibly sexist. That there's no like male equivalent of this that I've been able to find. There's no like male equivalent of the vibrator, really, is there? A cock ring. Well, but they're not, you know, part of the common imagination in the same way that a, you know, around flashlight or something is. Oh, yeah. Would you want? The- yeah, but again, you see that that does run into the problem of how comfortable it is to sleep with. Mm. I think uh, we need Daniel to volunteer to uh, test drive this. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm, If I can get us a review copy that I can't guarantee wouldn't have been pre-used, but I'm sure they'll wash it well, then you can um, shove it up your your bumhole. It doesn't really look bumhole-shaped, if I'm honest. Your face that shows a lack of ambition, frankly. <laughs> Square peg, round hole, literally. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that is, is a slight concern. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, that yeah, just sort of illustrates that our listenership um, very much understands the brand. <laughs> I think it's and, very uh, positive and... as well because it, it shows that we have uh, female listeners as well. Well, Which let's is, not go too far. We have I mean, plural, plural is, is generous, isn't it? She might listen twice or um, in stereo. We can double count. That's dangerous to go down that route. Mm. Mm. But I think I think this is where we need to go with our robotic wanking claw. Maybe we need to hire um, like an analytics firm or something. I, so. I think we need to make our, make our robotic wanking claw brand female-friendly. And with this in mind, I have created some fan fiction. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fanfiction-tastic. My idea for fanfiction is, well, it needs to involve the two-star podcast. Mm -hmm. It needs to involve robotic wanking claws, obviously. Obviously. That's a given. Um, But it needs to be something that, that girls like. And I thought, well, what do girls like? They like Jane Austen. That's true. So... What I've done is I've created a mashup of uh, our brand, Robotic Wanking Claws, um, the main characters in Two Star Podcast, and uh, and Pride and Prejudice. Should we give out a parental advisory warning now, or is it uh, all above the belt? It's not mucky. It's not mucky in any way. It's quite romantic. It kind of of nullifies the purpose of the robotic wanking claw if it's all above the belt. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true enough. Uh, Because the the last thing my wife said to me before I came upstairs to record this was, um, please don't read out any porn, it's weird. (laughs) No, it's not. I am eternally grateful to her for that. I mean, I sort of feel like I should just despite her. (laughs) If I put it into the the two-star podcast stuff... If I paste it in there, will everyone be able to see it? I mean, sure. Yes, words. Yeah, I don't know. Try, try again. Oh, I've not done it yet. I'm going to do it now. No, no. Try, try talking again. Oh, um, I'm going to paste uh, the adapted version into the um. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That should work. Do we get? We can't play ourselves, though, can we? Mm? I'd like to play Dan. Well, no, you can't, because Daniel Daniel isn't uh, in it. He's just a character that's talked about. Oh, okay. uh, Graham, you get to play Graham, who is the... I don't want to play Graham. I want to play play somebody different. No, it requires you to play Graham because of your broad Northern accent. (laughs) Okay, uh, fine. It's essential to the role. 
Is this going to be the next Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Pride and Prejudice and Robotic Wanking Claws. Maybe. Yeah, because this could, this could really take off. But now, you see, this is the twist. The character of Adam, who is Graham's wife, is played by Daniel oh, in okay, a strong Welsh accent. Oh, he does have a strong Welsh accent, doesn't he? What? That's his strongest accent. And then, because uh, I'm the director, so then Adam okay. is, is the narrator... Um, and he can do it in his normal voice. Okay. Okay, so it should be in the podcast notes. Yep, we've got it's it. It's there, I can see it. Yeah. So... You ready? Everyone ready? Um, I guess... Yeah, so. I'll, I guess I'll put in some um, Jane Austen-y music. Sh- shall I <laughs> Shall I do the introduction? If you'd like. Uh, yeah. I mean, if- and, you, do, uh, you do as you see fit. And now on Two-Star Podcast is an extract of a modern adaptation of Pride and Prejudice by Christopher from Dorset, based on the original work by Jane Austen. That was an excellent Radio 4 voice. I would like to hear that employed much more in future episodes. Why, thank you very much. I really enjoyed that. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a robotic wanking claw in possession of a good battery or mains adapter must be in want of a Daniel. However, little known the feelings or views of such a robotic wine claw may be had on its first entering a robotic fighting arena. This truth is so well fixed in the minds of its surrounding Welsh cold brew hipsters that it is considered as the rightful property of someone or other of their genitals. My dear Graham, said Adam to him one day, have you heard that Robot Wars has been rebooted? Oh God. <laughs> Graham replied that he had not. No! But it is, for the Welsh cold blue hipster has just been here, and she told me all about it. Graham made no answer. Do you not know who is behind it? Cried his wife, Adam, impatiently. You want to tell me, and I have no objection to hearing it. Why made the invitation in Jesus Christ, Dan, will you... Daniel, what is wrong with you? I'm just Jesus. Jesus. What? Christ almighty. You see what we have to work So I need with. to intervene as director. You're, yeah, you're doing very well, Daniel. But, no, he but isn't. Adam gets to do the black bits before you do your speaking. Okay. Well, okay. that's a good point well made. From, uh, from Adam's <coughs> line? This was invitation enough. Why, my dear, you must know. The Welsh cold brew hipster says that the robot fighting arena is taken by a young robotic wanking claw of a large battery from north of England, and that he came down Monday in a Tesla electric car to see the place, and was so much delighted that he, in, with it that he agreed with Craig Charles immediately that he is to take possession before Comic-Con, and some of his Darrell are to be in the house by the end of the week. That's actually quite good. Yes. Well done, Daniel. Bravo. What's his name? Orgasmatron 3000. Is he married or single? Oh, single, my dear, to be sure. A single robotic wanking claw of large battery. Four or five thousand volts. What a fine thing for our Daniel. How so? How can it affect Daniel? My dear Graham, replied his wife, Adam. How can you be so tiresome? You must know that I'm thinking of his marrying Daniel. Is that his design settling in here? Design? Nonsense, how can you talk so? But it is very likely that he may fall in love with Daniel, and therefore you must visit him as soon as he comes. I see no occasion for that. You and Daniel may go, or you may send him by himself, which perhaps will still be better, for as you are handsome of any of them, the robotic wanking claw might like you the best of the party. My dear, you flatter me. I have certainly had my share of beauty, but I do not pretend to be anything extraordinary now. When a woman has five grown-up daughters, she ought to give over thinking of her own beauty. In such cases, a woman has not often much beauty to think of. But, my dear, you must go and see the robotic wanking claw when he comes into the neighbourhood. It is more than I engage for, I assure you. But consider your, your Daniel. Only think what an establishment it would be for one of them. Sir Killalot and Lady Matilda are determined to go merely on that account. For in general, you know they visit no newcomers. Indeed, you must go, for it will be impossible for him to visit us if you do not. You're over-scrupulous, surely. I say, say, the robotic wanking claw will be very glad to see you, and I will send a few lines by you to assure him of my hearty consent to his marrying whichever he chooses of the girls. Though I must throw in a good word for my little Daniel. 
I desire that you do no such thing. Daniel is not a bit better from Christopher from Dorset, and I am sure she is not half so handsome as Christian from Scotland, nor half as good-humoured as the supervan from Cyprus. But you are always giving Daniel a preference. They have none of them much to recommend them, replied he. They're all silly and ignorant like other girls, but Daniel has something more of sluttiness than her sisters. Graham, how can you abuse your children in such a poor way? You take delight in vexing me. You have no compassion on my poor nerves. You mistake me, my dear. I have high respect for your nerves. They are my old friends. I have heard you mention them with consideration these twenty years at least. Ah, you do not know what I suffer. But I hope you will get over it, and live to see many young robotic wanking claws of four thousand volts come into the neighbourhood. It would be no use to us if twenty such should come, since you will not visit them. Depend upon it, my dear Adam, that when there are twenty, I will visit them all. Graham was so odd a mixture of quick parts, sarcastic humour, reserve and caprice, that the experience of three and twenty years had been insufficient to make his wife Adam understand his character. Adam's mind was less difficult to develop. Adam was a woman of mean understanding, little information and uncertain temper. When she was disconnected, she fancied herself nervous. The business of her life was to get her daughter Daniel married. Its solace was visiting and news. To be continued. That that had the overwhelming virtue of not being an R. Kelly song or a tingle. So, um, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it did have uh, the drawback of being very much Jane Austen, though. Yes. yes. Well, you can't you can't go too far away from the original, can you? Well, I mean, no, no it's, it's true to the original material. Text, it's, yeah. uh, you know. it's sort of updated it for a, a modern audience that is more interested mm. in robotic wanking claws and... Uh, and explosions. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed that very much, so thank you. It was it was lovely. It's um, a little bit of class. To yeah, it's, it's very much raised the tone of, of what had become a very uh, low-grade podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think that's it. Oh, there's one last thing, which is uh, Daniel Googled funny. Yeah, it was profoundly depressing, actually. Um, I Googled funny because I was desperate for material. Um, and literally, the top entry was fucking lad bible. And then you have not capitalised the word lad, which is in breach of um, the lad convention, nineteen sixty-three. Fuck the lad convention. Fuck the lad bible. Um, yeah, fair point. And then there was like you know funny gifs and funny pictures, and then literally an article at number eight: why women aren't funny. Um, and then and, uh, why, and, why and why aren't they like funny women? Well, I well, didn't I'd... article because it was blatantly. Oh. And well, I, why not? Like, I mean, like, yeah. if how how are we ever going to know now? Well, we're not, and we're all in agreement that they aren't funny, obviously, because otherwise it wouldn't be on Google. Mm. So it must be true. But I, yeah, I want to know why aren't women funny? Because uh, I hope it's a, a ten point list and not um, an essay written by an asshole. Uh, which which particular one was it? Oh, it's Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's the first result of just. That's a woman's magazine, yeah. though, isn't it? Uh, well, they can... Uh, maybe it's I mean, subversive. It, it, yeah, it's, it was it's written by Christopher odd. Hitchens. In oh, no, then it is probably just um, quite unpleasant. It's it's He's forgotten what paragraphs are. Well, it could just be really bad editing, which is probably more likely, given that it's for a magazine and they should have editors. It's also not justified, which is very upsetting. It really is, and by which I, mm. I, I feel much it's important. Of, much to, of the things he said wasn't justified. Well, yes, I, I didn't stop him, did that, it? That humour, but I, I would like to point out that I am assuming that Daniel meant in a typographical sense rather than a logical sense. Well, also yes, that other thing at the end, but mostly typographically. Mm. I mean, I, I find Christopher Hitchens very interesting to read and listen to, but um, I find a lot of his points. Um, deeply troubling and I violently disagree with him on quite a lot of things but I, I find that's all part of the interest well I think it's he's he was one of those people who was actually quite good at like being able to put across a position that you fundamentally agree with without making you hate him and want to not listen to anything that he has to say ever again yeah. which is the problem that most people have oh absolutely that yeah. they're incapable of expressing a, a contrary opinion without like calling you a bell end and explaining why your mum is a whore yeah. mm. and I mean he's better than uh, Peter Hitchens so there's that as well well yeah right well um, I mean, we've exhausted what we had to talk about and we've been going for 
nary uh, 49 minutes. Christ. Wow. So we are getting not not complaints, but certainly remarks on the uh, increasing length of these episodes. And um, those remarkers can uh, can shove it, frankly. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, I may or may not be around for next week's podcast. Well, then we may uh, put feelers out into the universe to see if uh, if anybody else can, at short notice, uh, come and fill the space, because fuck if I'm going back to a three-man podcast again. Well, I, I may be there, but I will not be at home, so it depends what is available in terms well, of my time. if you would like to be an understudy for Adam, uh, then let us know on Twitter at Two Star Podcast with the word two, not the number, or hello at twostarpodcast.co.uk if um, you are in 1997 and want to email us. Or, I mean, I don't look at the Facebook anymore, so that's a waste of your time, but you know how to get hold of us if you want to stand in for Adam, uh, but you might get bumped if he discovers that there's an internet. Yeah. Indeed. Or we just... But the week after that, I am definitely not here because I will be in Germany. So... If anybody would like to stand in for me the following week, some big boots to fill, uh, then, you know, knock yourself out. Don't bother me. I won't be here. Fair enough. Anybody else want to book any annual leave while we're... No, I don't. While we're doing the admin? I mean, I'm on a zero-hours contract, so I don't have to turn up. Whatever, do I? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. Yeah, unless bloody, bloody lefties get their way. What? They don't like uh, zero hours contracts because oh, they argue that it is exploitative yeah. of the workforce. Um, and then right wing people say so. It's capitalism, which, isn't is, it? uh, which is a valid. If, if they didn't want to be exploited, they should get different jobs. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, should have worked harder at school, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should they should have been born into fabulous wealth, like you know, sensible people. Yeah, they've only got themselves to blame, haven't they? Well, exactly. I mean, it could be worse. They could be in Syria. Yeah. Because uh, it's basically the same thing, but uh, at the other end of the scale, really. Pretty much. Um, and that's why people nice come little... to us for the hard-hitting political analysis. Yeah, it's quite a nice little analogy to finish on. So, um, uh, thanks for listening to episode 64. We will be back next week with, uh, let me just check, Yep, episode 65. And uh, it's over to Daniel to sing us out. Or, or I, could, um, I could do my Radio 4 voice. Oh, yeah, okay. Um I, I could put in the pips after you finish speaking as well. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? So, um, yes. Yeah, why not introduce the archers or some shit? And that concludes Two Star Podcast. Coming up next, the shipping forecast. Yeah, that was pretty good. Jodrell Bank, <laughs> moderate or good? That's not a shipping. No, it's not. There, that's your, your northern accent. That's the only is, thing I can um, think of. Like a... I think it's Dogger Bank, isn't it? Oh, Dogger Bank, yeah. Been there. Your your northern accent there, is, is brilliant. It's cracking, isn't it? Aye, champion. I think you should have said um, who produced the show. Yeah. You you need to say that like the producer was whoever, and it was a uh, some random production company you've never heard of production for Two Star Podcast. Two Star Podcast is a laughing stock production for Radio Four. Yeah, Very good. Pretty much. Thanks. Right, fuck off, all y'all. Word. <laughs>